You're listening to the Digitally Irresistible Podcast, where we cover the optimization of digital technologies and irresistible people. Brought to you by iCore. Each episode features someone who sheds a little more light on the ins and outs of delivering a great employee and customer experience that has a measurable impact on the business. And now, here's today's guest. Hey there, welcome to another episode of the Digitally Irresistible Podcast. I'm your host, Bernie Borges. Today's guest is Charlene Lee. Welcome, Charlene. Thank you for having me, Bernie. It's great to have you. Charlene, you help leaders and organizations thrive with disruption as an author, as a speaker, as an advisor, and a board member. And you work with some pretty cool companies such as IBM, Oracle, 3M, Philips, Adobe, Aetna, Cisco, Dell, Intel, Microsoft, just to name a few. And you've also authored six books. And the most recent one is titled The Disruption Mindset why some organizations transform while others fail. And you're prolific at sharing content through your LinkedIn live streams, Twitter and Clubhouse, sharing your thought leadership on the disruption mindset. So of course, that's what I want to talk to you about on this episode is disruption. What is it? Why is it important? And then I want to discuss your approach to creating stronger employee relationships within that disruption model. So Let's get into that. But of course, first, let's start with your backstory, Charlene. Why don't you tell us your backstory first? Sure. I grew up in Detroit, um, the daughter of immigrants, and was the only person of color in my entire school of hundreds of people. And so as in terms of being a disruption, I was it. I was causing lots of turmoil, like, who is this person? And so I grew up being used to being in the middle of disruption, of causing disruption. And that really prepared me well for a career of taking a different path, always being out of my comfort zone. And, and so that has allowed me to look at things from a very different perspective, incre- including the way that technology has completely shaped and shaken our worlds over the past 30, 40 years. So my passion is really looking at all of these changes and instead of fearing them, saying, how do we think about them from a place of opportunity and change? So I look at change and disruption as great opportunities for growth. Okay. So, but it's interesting though, that, you know, it's your sixth book, right? And so with five books preceding that, you got the disruption on your sixth book. So I'm sure a lot of things led up to that. So what are some of the things that kind of motivated you to make that such a key topic here and now? Well, I, my first book is really uh, about social technology. It's a book called Groundswell. And this was back in 2008 when nobody like, what is this thing? Is it I remember it well. Is it going to be lasting? And so it was one of the first books that really explained it to all of us, what the power of social media is. And that was, the again, such a disruptive force. I mean, the internet, so many other things were growing up, but that just rocked our worlds in so many ways. And people kept asking me, so how do I actually thrive with all of this change rather than just survive it? And I didn't have a really good answer. So that's why I started doing research about five years ago to say, how do some companies actually seem to disrupt themselves and the industries over and over and over again? They're doing something that doesn't fatigue them with change. We've heard this whole phrase of change fatigue, and they don't seem to suffer from it. They are like disruption energizer bunnies. So I really try to figure out what is it that they do? 
how do they do this? And uh, came up with some very strong ideas about what, how do you actually disrupt and continue to disrupt over and over again? Okay. So for companies that recognize that disruption is important in their strategy, typically that's happening. You, you tell me, correct me if I'm wrong. That's happening at a leadership level. But of course, it takes a lot of people within the company, employees, to actually embrace that and then actually roll out strategies around that. So why don't we segue to the role of the employee and, and employee relationships within that disruption mindset? Right. And again, part of the disruption mindset is that you have an idea of what the future is going to look like. So therefore, you can prepare today for that future. But if only the leadership sees that future and not everybody in the organization, what happens is you get the frozen middle in this frozen organization that says, well, we're used to doing things this way. Why do we have to change? I'm not going to change. That's really hard. Why should I change? And this transformation is important because you have to be able to make sure that that relationship is really strong, that the trust is there and that your credibility as a leader for creating these changes isn't being done willy nilly, but with a clear vision of what that future can look like. So in, in many cases, I, I see organizations start that move towards disruption and then they get to the really hard part. They get to that wall and they look behind them like, hey, is everyone here? And there's nobody there. They're all like back at home base. So disruption is so, uh, the employee relationship is absolutely crucial because you will not begin this journey unless you believe and actually know and have confidence in the fact that your employee is going to go along with you. Yeah. And you've, you've written that there's three strategies for creating those employee relationships, integrity, agency, and openness. Do you want to speak to those? Yes. Um, they're all tied together and integrity is so much about, I will say, I, I will do what I actually say I will do. I will show up. And so if we say that employees are the most important uh, part of the organization, that people are the most important asset we have, but then you turn around and you don't treat people well, or you lay them off because you suddenly switch your strategy, your integrity is being, going to be called into question. But if instead you say, we're focused on this future, we want you to be here along with us, and you bring people along the entire way, and you see it every single day, that integrity then leads to that trust and that belief that we're on the right road. Uh, agency is a simple idea that employees are owners, that we believe in the purpose and the mission, and so therefore act like owners and take into consideration the risk and also be accountable for our actions. An openness, simple idea that we're going to just put everything on the table. Nothing's going to be left hidden. It removes the politics, like, well, what's that person's motivation or that person's backstabbing somebody else? And it also, again, creates that accountability and trust. It creates the agreements that we're going to live by. So integrity, agency, and openness are all in a mix together to really redefine the type of relationships we really want between ourselves and our organizations. Charlene, I have to say that all three of those pillars of the strategy make great sense, but the one that really, really grabs me is agency, the ownership model, that concept of employees owning it, that's powerful. That's really powerful. And it, it kind of leads me to where I want to go next in our conversation. And that is some guidance, you know, in the limited time we have together, 
maybe you can offer our viewer or listener some guidance on how does an organization go, at, go about actually implementing those three strategies and building stronger employee relationships? I think the first one is focusing on that last word, relationships. I mean, you have to have a clear idea of what you want that relationship to look like. Like clearly define it. When I walk into the office, when we're engaging with each other, how would we as employers, as leaders, but also how would our employees describe that relationship? Do they describe it in antagonistic terms, like you don't care about me, you don't even know me? Or do they feel like they're describing it in terms like, hey, you really understand me, you know me, I trust you, right? And so if you can define what that relationship looks like, that's a huge first step. I can't tell you how many times I talk to HR leaders and they say relationship, oh yeah, it's hire, train and retain. Isn't that, that's the relationship, right? No, that's a life cycle. That's a process, that's a risk demitigation uh, strategy that you have. That's not a relationship with a living, breathing person. So at a fundamental level, treat it like it's a relationship and the way that you would want to have a relationship with somebody. Uh, the second, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say that something that we do at ICOR on that topic of the, the relationship is um, we have this thing called the moodometer. It's a, it's, it's a weekly survey that our agents take and there's, we have approximately 30,000 agents and it's, it asks one question, you know, how's life for you at ICOR? And there's five smiley faces, Charlene, from, you know, frowning and just, you know, unhappy to I'm really super happy and everything in between. And they just select one. And that, that, survey report happens every week and that data is studied. And then it, any employee that marks a, a, an unhappy face for more than one week in a row gets immediately contacted by a skip level manager and has a meeting. And the relationships that happen in those one-on-one -on -one meeting have been very, very powerful to the, to the point of really significantly reducing attrition. So I think it's a very powerful point that you're making on building those relationships, especially in a bigger company where it's a little more challenging to do that. So I love the fact that it's a skip level manager because it could be your manager, your direct manager, and that people need to know what's going on. But imagine how you feel as an employee when somebody comes to you and says like, hey, I hear you. I see you. Yep. You're, uh, you're not happy and we don't want that. What's going on here? Just the simple fact that somebody took the time to notice because we all take you know, surveys and we never know what happens to that stuff. Like what really the two people really care. And the fact that people follow up and act on it, it seems such a small move, but it is huge. Oh, it's huge. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Now you also say borrow best practices from the marketing department. What, what do you mean by that? Well, if you think about marketing does, they focus on a relationship with customers. So they've gotten very good over the past 20 years developing techniques of communications, of understanding, of listening to really hear, see, understand, and know who our customers are. We need to take the same techniques and apply them to employees and really treat them with the same care that we have for customers. But HR departments aren't typically wired this way. I mean, HR, but from its early days, was all about de-risking a new hire, making sure that anything goes wrong just gets tamped down. It wasn't about helping employees live their best lives. It's not about really establishing relationships. So marketing knows how to do this in space. So bring over a couple of people who know how to communicate, know how to do the research and the listening. 
Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Makes sense. Now, something that marketing also tries to do and sometimes succeeds and sometimes not is really trying to understand the customer's long-term needs, right? In this case, you say, understand what your employees' long-term goals are. You want to elaborate on that? Sure. It, it's so easy to just say, hey, we're just going to focus on work. It's all about work. You know, any personal things shouldn't be brought to work. We're just going to have this clear dividing line. And I think we all realize that that line just doesn't exist in our worlds. We are full-fledged, living, breathing people that bring our personal to work and work to back to home to the personal. And we have to look at the full person. And that includes, like, where do you want to go? What are your ambitions? What are your dreams? Because the more we can tie the work that we do on a daily basis, the relationships we have at work to what those larger dreams that we have, the more whole we're going to feel. I mean, asking people to check things at the door, their personalities, their ethnicity, their gender, their passions and interests, this doesn't make any sense. How can we bring our full selves to work? And also making the commitment that this relationship is great here, but we hope that's going to be maintained even if we go our separate ways. Because the reality is your job stays with you for the rest of your life. It's on your resume. It's on your LinkedIn page. So you're going to have that relationship whether you want it or not. So knowing where you're going to go, the more that we can support that, the more we can help you in the present moment while we have this short time together, help you achieve your goals is going to deepen that relationship. Yeah, it's human nature for, for those of us to really be more bought in, if you will, right? If, if we're getting that kind of attention, that kind of sincerity. And that leads me to, I think, you know, one of your final points on this topic, and that is infusing integrity and agency into those relationships. You want to comment on that? Sure. Again, I'll just use one, one point in example. Uh, we, we know that when you join a company, you're probably not going to stay there for the rest of your life. But we never talk about that. We just assume when you start your first day, we're going to stay here forever, but we're never going to talk about the day you leave. I think we should actually talk about the day you leave, the day you start. And it's an acknowledgement that at some point, for whatever reason, this work relationship is going to end. And I think the worst thing you could ever do from an integrity point of view is to not tell anybody that you're actually thinking about looking for another job. And so therefore, sneak around, take lunch breaks and go do interviews with other people and then give a two week notice. And if you've ever been on the receiving side, it is just devastating. Yeah. Cause you feel like I had no idea. Right. And two weeks. I didn't I mean, see that coming. Yeah. And so if instead you said, look, we're going to talk about the, about the last day you work on the first day, meaning I'm with you on this. I'm invested in you in your long-term success. And so if things are not working out here and we feel like for whatever reason, because we don't think it's a good fit or you don't think it's a good fit, or we just can't provide you with a growth path in the way that you want, let's sit down and talk about it. And I will, and the entire company will open up all of our resources. We'll open up those networks to help you find that next position, the one that's going to propel you into that future. And in return, we want a lot of notice. So and you hope that you will help us hire your, your replacement and train them yeah. even make them better than what you can do. That is integrity. If that's a relationship and yet we never have those conversations. 
So this is really looking deeply into the way that we work today. Really look at the assumptions and say, just because we did it in the past doesn't mean that we should continue them. It's the disruptive mindset looking at that employee relationship. Well, Charlene, I have read two of your six books. Um, I, full disclosure, have not read this one yet, operative word yet, but now I'm super motivated to read it after this conversation. So thank you for just giving really the contribution to the business community with this book. Again, the book is The Disruption Mindset, Why Some Organizations Transform While Others Fail. Thank you so much. I do want to get to my last and final question. And Charlene, it's not about your book. <laughs> and that is, we have a custom here on the Digitally Irresistible Podcast. We always want to know when you're not working, what do you like to do for fun? I have this little hobby of training my beloved cat. His name is Cosmo. How to do tricks. Really? And it's because I, I really wanted a dog, but my lifestyle just doesn't support having a dog. Cats are fantastic for that. And I'm like, I wonder if he could do tricks. And it turns out he's very motivated by treats to do tricks. So he does about a dozen tricks, including jumping through a hoop. And I'm now training him to play cup and balls. And I like to say, if you thought it was hard to teach an old dog new tricks, try teaching a cat. Yeah. Wow. That's great. That is fantastic. I'm going to look for some, some of your videos on that one because that sounds very entertaining. Thank you for sharing that. Charlene, where would you like to send our viewer or listener to connect with you and just learn more about everything you've got going on, including your book? Yeah, please come to my website, uh, charlenelee.com, just my name, and you'll see so many resources in there uh, about the disruption mindset, assessments, resources, uh, a six-part guide to help you along your disruption journey. And of course, follow me on LinkedIn. I am constantly live streaming there and also produce a weekly newsletter with content that hopefully will be valuable to you. I can attest to that. You're very active. As I said in the intro, you're prolific at sharing content on your LinkedIn live stream and posting on LinkedIn regularly. So, Charlene, I just want to thank you from, for taking time out of your hectic schedule to join me on this episode of the Digitally Irresistible podcast to talk about your book, The Disruption Mindset, Why Some Organizations Transform While Others Fail. Thank you so much, Charlene. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Digitally Irresistible podcast, where we cover the optimization of digital technologies and irresistible people, delivering a great employee and customer experience that has a measurable impact on the business. Brought to you by iCor. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast player so you don't miss future episodes.